0: Really squeaky, live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump, or your place looks like a dump, live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home, sweet home. Hug on an 888 money pit.
1: The Money Pit is presented by Trex Decking and the Angie app. Now, here are Tom and Leslie coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
2: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: And if you can dream it, you can do it. We will help. What projects are you working on? If it's a project around your house, well, that's what we do. So let's think about this. As you look around your home, what's the one thing that kind of bugs you? Do you want to paint a room? Do you want to spruce up your kitchen? you want to replace your kitchen, your bathroom, your deck, your patio, your roof? What project? comes to mind that you want to get done, now is your chance to reach out to us because we will help you get it done. We will recommend the best products. We will tell you how to hire a pro, what to look for, what to ask, what to watch out for, whatever's on your to-do list. Move it to ours right now by reaching out to us with those questions. A couple of ways you can do that, you can call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. That's 888-666-3974. Or you can post your questions at moneypit.com. Just click on the blue microphone button. Coming up on today's show, when it's cold outside, south-facing windows are awesome. They can help keep the entire house snug and warm and let in tons of light. But in the summer, like now, they can have the complete opposite effect. We're going to share window tips to help keep your home comfortable year-round.
2: And do you have a wood deck that's solidly built, but it's not looking so great? Well, maybe you've got boards that are cracked and twisted, or you're just tired of staining it again and again and, you know, again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, removing the old deck boards and the railings and replacing them with new composites could be a great solution for you. We're going to explain how to take on that deck resurfacing project in just a bit.
1: And now that we're in the hottest part of the summer, we're also at the peak season for ticks that can carry some pretty dangerous diseases. So we'll share the surprising ways ticks can grab hold of anyone passing by and how to keep them off of you for good.
2: All right. But first, give us a call. Let us know what you are working on. We've got a few weeks left in the summer season. So let us tackle those projects outdoors before we start thinking about those indoor projects.
1: The number here is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie? Who's first?
2: Erin in Ohio is on the line and needs some help with the playground. What can we do for you?
3: I have a swing set, um, swing set slash play set. It's made out of treated wood, and it's about 10 years old. The flat surfaces, they've turned black, and the wood is cracking. I'm wondering how I can best clean that up.
1: Well, the best thing to do is to use a wood cleaner, but let me ask you this. Is it pressure-treated, this wooden playset? I believe so, yes. Because you know, pressure-treated lumber is sort of fallen out of favor as a uh, as a as a playset because of the chemicals that are in the pressure-treated lumber leaching out of the lumber, getting into the soil, and so on. So I just give you a bit of a warning on that. But if you want to clean this, uh, Flood makes a product called Flood Wood Cleaner that works really well. Basically, you wet the lumber down, you apply the wood cleaner, you let it set for twenty or thirty minutes. You don't let it dry. You may have to re-moisten it again, uh, and then you kind of scrub it clean. You can use a pressure washer after that to scrub it clean. It does a pretty good job of brightening up the finish, taking away the dirt and the grime and lifting up any of that old gray sort of oxidation that settles on the wood or the black oxidation that settles on the wood. You can find that at most home centers and hardware stores. Uh, And again, it's called Flood Wood Cleaner.
3: Okay. Once I have it clean, then am I better, do you think, to stain it or paint it?
1: No, you're better to stain it. What you want to do is use solid color stain as opposed to semi-transparent stain because it'll last a lot longer. Uh, the solid color tends to fade a little bit better and doesn't, like, peel like paint would.
3: And the same thing, like, we have a swing, like a porch swing that I'd like to put on there as well. Same thing, then, with that to clean it up. It's been outside for some time.
1: Yes. If it's if it's natural wood, that's a good product to clean it up with. And the same advice applies to the porch swing. Now, is that also made out of pressure-treated lumber, or is that something different?
3: You know, it's about the same age. I believe it is.
1: All right. So, again, use the solid color stain.
3: Okay. Very good. Thank you.
1: You're welcome, Erin. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
2: Now we've got Lee in South Carolina on the line who wants to build a koi pond.
4: How can we help you? Off the deck of my house in the one corner, um, I've got a bridge going to a gazebo. What I want to do is two feet out from the gazebo, I'm doing a raised flower bed. And from the flower bed, four feet out, all the way around the gazebo, I want to do a koi pond. And everyone keeps telling me that you. She- got to do it in concrete because it's, with liners, you, it costs too many, you'd have to have too many liners and sealing them and it'd be a lot more of a problem.
1: Well, there's a lot of ways to build a koi pond and most folks use liners.
2: Well, I mean, you have to use something. So you can either build almost like you would a small pool and pour a concrete, you know, I, I say foundation for lack of a better word, but, you know, a concrete form Or you can get a plastic pool form. They're black. You see them at, um, I know the home center by me that sells koi. It's actually a garden center that sells koi and pump equipment for water features have a variety of sizes of these black sort of, they look like kiddie pools essentially, but they're interesting shapes and you dig out and then place this in the ground. Or you can get the black liner which comes in variety of widths and thicknesses. And then you would dig out the formation that you like, especially it seems like yours is a bit more specialized and free-formed and has to sort of fit into a different area of measurements that you have specific ideas in mind. So the liner is probably better because it will work with your specific di- dimensions. And you'll dig out. You'll have to dig the slope into it as well. If you want shallow areas or deep areas, you'll have to dig that all in as well. Then you'll put sand down just to keep a smooth area, and then you'll put the liner in. And it sort of, when you put the water in, will start to take the shape of that area. And then what you'll have to do around the top on those edges is you'll have to use all natural rocks and large stones to hold that down and hide all of that lining. But there's no reason why you can't use a plastic liner.
1: Okay. All right. Thank you. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
2: Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors?
1: Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctor and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's Airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT.
2: Now we've got Kathleen in Illinois on the line, and she's got a question about a vaulted ceiling. What can we do
4: for you? I'm calling about a renovation project that we are trying to do on a three-season sun porch. And it's uh, like a 12-by-27 room. We did tackle doing uh, window replacement by ourselves, and we managed to do that. They're vinyl-clad windows that tilt in kind and everything. But the ceiling right now is like 12-inch tiles that are like, they seem to be glued up to the ceiling. They're not on a grid system. You know, they're just up there. And we want to put um, faux tin ceilings, and we're wondering if that's a project that we could tackle, or is that something best left to professionals, or, um, you know, we're looking for your advice. The We had some um, damage from rain on the roof, and we've had the roof replaced, but I even like painted over where the water stains were with that Zuzer stain stop, right. and um, you can still see the... You know, it, it did not cover it. So we need to change the
1: ceiling. Hey, you know, they make these tiles that are a drop ceiling type of a tile that looks just like tin. Have you seen those, Kathleen? Yes, we
4: have. And we thought that those were very cool. And we didn't know, like, do you think just like... um you know, liquid nails or something to put it up over these existing
1: tiles. What's underneath the tiles? Uh, plywood sheathing.
4: I don't know. It, it feels really solid. You know, when I, when you push out.
1: A- I would try to figure out what's underneath it. You could take some pieces of the old tiles apart, see how thick that is. I would prefer to have a mechanical attachment, like a like a, a staple or something like that, than just simply the glue. The glue is okay.
2: I mean, I would use liquid nails
4: and something else. Uh
1: huh. Mm, yeah. Exactly.
4: And you, and you don't think it's... Would like you know? I don't want it to look uneven. You know how they, you see sometimes those grid systems where the tiles kind of you know droop and swoop and look.
1: No, if it's done really well, it looks great. I mean, we've seen them at really high end decor uh, showrooms where you you have some really upscale decorating done, and they look fantastic.
4: Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank that's you that's so great. much.
1: You're very welcome. Good luck with that project, Kathleen. And thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
2: Dave in New York is on the line and has a plumbing question. What are you working on?
4: I had a couple of plumbing heating contractors come give me estimates and I wanted text piping put in, and they discouraged me from it because they were told that it was made with soy oil. And they already had to replace in some homes the PEX piping because rodents have been chewing on the pipe.
1: Yeah, I guess I could see that. I mean, I could see rodents potentially chewing on plastic pipes, but I will tell you that I've not heard that as a long term, as a, as, a, as a widespread problem. I mean, PEX piping is really quite good. It enables you to do things that you can't do with, uh, with metal piping, with copper piping. It's just a lot less expensive to install as well. So um, I don't think it's a wide enough problem that I would stop using it. I would continue to use it.
4: But you don't know if they make it with soil oil or
1: not. No, I don't. But I tell you what, rodents will chew anything. So it doesn't surprise me that maybe they had some rodent issues with it. But uh, I don't think it's a it's a problem that would prevent me from using pecs. Okay.
4: I'm just curious to
1: know. All right, Dave. Well, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us An 888 Money Pit.
2: Now we're going to talk to Blair in Virginia, who's taking on a painting project. Tell us about the ceiling you're working on.
3: I uh, pulled out my towel washer and decided to clean off the deck and the walls and the ceiling. And now the ceiling needs to be repainted. And it was originally painted with an oil-based paint. Okay. I would like to not use oil-based. I would like to go over it with a water-based. But I don't know, first off, if I can do that or, and what would be the best breath- brands
1: to look into. So the first question is is adhesion. What's the ceiling made out of? Is this a drywall ceiling, a wood ceiling? What is it? It's a wood ceiling. What kind of wood? It's a plot just wood. The first thing I would do now that you've got this all cleaned off is I would prime it and I would use either an alkyde primer, which is water based, or I would use an oil primer. Just the primer. The primer it's important that it sticks really, really well. And it's also important that it adheres to whatever was there initially. And you know, through the life of that ceiling, it may have had different paints, different finishes on it. We want to make sure we get primer on there that's going to have a real adhesive effect. Because once you get primer that sticks really well, then you could put latex ceiling paint or any type of like solid stain or something like that on top of it. But you got to use a good quality primer. That's really critical. So do the primer first. On top of that, since it's wood, you could use solid stain or you could use exterior paint. I would stick with a flat though if you're going to use the paint.
3: Right, right. Okay, so as long as I prime it well.
1: You would probably be more tempted to use that than oil base. but honestly, oil base works better than anything else. I just repainted my entire house, and uh, I have a cedar house, and we use solid stain, which I'm always promoting on the radio show because it has the most pigment in it. But what I don't mention is that we had to prime this, prime the entire house, and the last time, you know when the last time was I painted my house? When? 14 years ago. 14 years because I used oil based primer back then and solid stain. And I did the same thing all over again because I want to get another 14 years out of it. But that's what you'll get if you do it right.
3: Okay. I can do that then. Thank you very much.
1: And good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
2: Well, when it's cold outside, south facing windows are awesome. They help keep the entire house snug and warm and they let in tons of light. But those lovely south facing windows that keep a house so warm in the winter can also make your house super warm in the summer.
1: Well, you don't have to dread the summer because of south-facing windows. According to the EPA, there are a number of easy ways to make those south-facing windows more efficient. First up, you could add energy-efficient window coverings. Now, the window coverings can have varying levels of transparency. Some are sheer, and they let in a lot of light, and others can block 100% of the light. Also, another option are automated window covers that can lower during the hottest part of the day and then go back up in the cooler part of the evening. These smart window covers are really pretty amazing, and the prices are coming way down. And then you can do something really simple, like adding storm windows. Storm windows, if you've got them already, make sure you put them down in the summer if you've got central air, because it'll block the drafts. All those hot drafts that come in through those windows as well.
2: You know, you can also think about adding solar control films to the glass. It's really an amazing technology, and these films can block out the UV, but not block out the light. And some are even so clear that they don't block the vision either, And also consider exterior shading, like an awning or an exterior blind or an overhang, you know, architecturally of some sort, because that will help block that sun coming in during the summer season.
1: For more great energy-saving tips, check out the EPA's page at energy.gov. got to tell you, that is an awesome site. They really did a great job of covering all the ways that you can make your home more comfortable and save energy, and it's written for consumers. You're going to get the straight scoop right there, energy.gov. just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U dot com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money PIT.
0: This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Michelle in Minnesota is on the line
2: with a bathroom floor thing, is all I can call it. What is going on? You're getting
3: moisture coming up through the floor? Yes, it's a laminate floor. This is my third summer in this house, and it's the first time that I've had this issue. And it was started around the warm and humid days. Um, at first I thought maybe that it was my toilet leaking because I had a new toilet put in last summer. Um, but the plumber did come out and pull the toilet and it didn't look like it was leaking or that the seal was broken on it. So we're thinking that it's condensation from the concrete slab coming up between the The slats of the laminate flooring.
1: So the laminate flooring is on top of a concrete slab?
3: Correct, yep.
1: What's this looking, what's this doing to the floor? Is it causing it to deform in any way or is it just showing up as a stain?
3: It is not, um, it is not buckling or anything along the edges. It's, he thinks that maybe it's a rubber flooring, more of a rubber based flooring Mm -hmm. rather than a wood, um, and so it has not, um, curled the edges or anything like that. It just, Seeps up as moisture, and it comes like um, beads up right along the edges of the the laminate.
1: Do you have air conditioning in this bathroom?
3: I do not. Uh, -uh. nope.
1: Yeah, I was thinking cooler, moist air against a warmer floor could cause additional condensation. So, look, if you want to reduce the moisture that's coming up through the bathroom, there's a couple of things I can suggest. Um, First of all. You want to take a look at the grading and the drainage conditions outside that bathroom because the slab, if it's getting very wet, is extremely hydroscopic. So all the moisture in the earth will be drawn into the slab, and that's going to wick up and show up in your bathroom apparently. So take a look at your gutters and downspouts. Make sure they're clean and free-flowing, and, and the spouts are extending four to six feet from the house. Get all that roof water away. And then take a look at the angle of the soil and make sure that that's sloping away now do you have a a fan in this bathroom yes that is helpful um you might want to think about replacing the fan with one that's that has a built-in humidistat because that's convenient on a couple of fronts first of all when you take a shower and you you leave the bathroom turn the switch off it'll actually stay on until all the moisture is properly vented out of there and if it does get humid on its own, then the humidistat will kick kick the fan on and also dry it out. They're not terribly expensive. I know Brone makes a good one. There are a number of manufacturers you can find this from. And keep an eye on the floor. Some laminate floors you know, stand up very well to moisture. I've seen laminate floors are going to be submerged, and they, they don't seem to be affected by it. But others will buckle just like hardwood would. So just keep an eye on it. And if it ends up that it does have to be replaced... I would paint that cement slab underneath with a couple of coats of epoxy paint to kind of seal in and st- stop the um, the moisture from evaporating through it in the room. Mm-hmm, okay. But only if you only if you get that far. I mean, I wouldn't tell you to tear up the floor now, but if you have to replace it, just make sure you seal the slab at the same time.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Thank you. That that's good. Good. Thanks.
1: All right. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
3: Bob
2: in Illinois is on the line and working on a kitchen makeover. What can we do for you?
3: We've got kitchen cabinets that are probably close to 30 years old, and we're wanting to remodel our kitchen, and I'm wanting to strip them down, and I was just wondering what was the best way, what to use to do it with.
1: Well, the good news is that 30-year-old cabinets are usually very, very well built. You know, you can't really strip down a a 10-year-old cabinet (laughs) because they pretty much fall apart. But if it's a 30-year-old plywood cabinet, you can definitely strip it. Now, what do you want to do after you strip it? Do you want to paint it, or do you want to go with a, like a, a clear coating?
3: I'd like to go with a clear coating on it. Maybe put
2: a, a calm finish on it or something. And what's on there now? Are they just stained, or are they painted? No, they're, they're
1: just stained. Um, it's hard to change the color of a stained cabinet. I'm just telling you. Just be, be, be prepared for that. But what you might want to do is use a good quality stripper like uh, Rock Miracle, for example, is a good one.
2: Yeah, you know, another thing that's good to do is um, head over to your local like mom-and-pop paint shop Because sometimes there are newer products that are out there. You know, I was just getting some wallpaper paste. But in that section, there were some really nice paint strippers. Um, They apply a little differently. They go on more easily. They work more quickly. So I always just pop into the shop to sort of see what they've got in there that they've worked with. But Tom and I have both used Rock Miracle. And I like that because it goes on more like a paste. So you can really see where it is. You can see it start to work. You know, and I guess it depends on how much stain is on there, how dirty they are. I would start by giving them a good cleaning, then make sure they're dried very well, then put the stripper on them follow the directions and you're going to want to use a wire brush and a paint scraper and that's going to get that finish off of there. Now it's important to work on them on a flat surface so take all the doors and drawer fronts off, label them as you take them down with you know a piece of tape on the back side of the cabinet door and one on the cabinet box itself so that you know exactly where things go I'd leave the hinges on the box side so that you can have the doors flat. You know, these are things that are just tricks of the trade that will help you be more successful. And if your doors are full overlay, are they or are they not?
3: Are they what now?
2: Do, when your cabinet door closes, do you see any of the cabinet box around it, like a frame, or d- does the door cover it?
3: Yeah, it does. Well, it it, it uh, flushes up against the frame of the cabinet.
2: So that's, you know, a blessing and a curse because then you can ignore the box or you can also work on the box while it's in place to strip that down as well. And in that case, the Rock Miracle is really good because it's really, like, thick. So it'll stay on in a vertical position as well. So, you, you know, those are some good things. And you may have to apply it more than once depending on how well-adhered your stain currently is. I mean, you really got to see. And then keep in mind that depending on the species of wood the type of color that you might get from the stain that you've selected to go on there might be a little different so you might want to work on a backside or a smaller area just so you can see how it will react and what color you'll actually end up with
1: thank you then well if you have a deck that's well built but you're just tired of having to stain it all the time or maybe the deck surface is cracked and worn and giving everybody that walks on it splinters it's just plain uncomfortable then your deck is probably a really great candidate for a deck resurfacing project. And that's exactly what I'm doing now for a deck on a home that we recently bought. And I'm using Trex Transcend and the Trex Deck Kit, which is available exclusively at Lowe's.
2: Yeah, you know, the nice thing about the Trex Transcend Deck Kit is that it includes all the Trex materials that are required to build a 12-foot by 16-foot deck with Trex's top-of-the-line Transcend decking, the Trex fascia, and even the Trex Hideaway Hidden Fasteners. So, Tom, what's the first step? I mean, really, where do you begin?
1: Well, in my case, the first step in the project is really, and it should be in anybody's case, I should say, it's really to evaluate the structure of the current deck. Because I already knew that the deck floorboards in this case were really, they were rotted and they were cracked. And the railing was starting to rot as well. But the good news was that the deck floor structures, I'm talking about like the floor joists and the box beams, those were all solid. They were in actually good condition. And because of that, I won't have to replace any of those structural elements.
2: All right. But what about the railings?
1: Well, the railing was also, I mentioned it was a bit rotted, but it was also very poorly designed. You know, some of these railings, less on the older decks, they have too much space in them where people can fall through, especially kids, and then fall over the side. So I decided to replace those two, and I went with the new Trex railing. So with all that in mind, I was able to go to Lowe's.com and order a 12 by 16 Trex transcend deck kit and then i just added on the railings and other things that i needed so they could all be delivered together and once the materials arrive what i'll do is remove all the old decking boards i'll check that structure one more time i'll make any needed repairs or modifications like adding some new posts and then i'll start to install this new trex transcend decking and then the railings and i gotta tell you the material is actually supposed to be here any day now and i cannot wait to get started this trex transcend Is a gorgeous product. It's the the top-of-the-line composite decking that Trex makes. It's got high-def grain patterns. And we chose this color called Island Mist, which looks like weathered driftwood. And it's going to make a huge impact on my home and also add to its value. I mean,
2: that's really going to look so great. Perfectly beachy, very lovely. And, of course, it's going to be a lot easier to take care of. You don't ever have to worry about sanding, staining, painting, just occasionally a soap and water clean, and it's going to look like brand spankin' new. Now, you guys, you can follow along with Tom's project on our social or learn more about the new Trex Transcend decking kit available exclusively through Lowe's at lowes.trex.com. That's lowes.trex.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg.
0: Patton,
2: Arkansas is dealing with a
3: humid house. What's going on there? Well, I have a new uh, uh, heat pump, and uh, it's not taking out the humidity. Of course, I live in a humid uh, area, but uh, I, I just wondered. It's supposed to take out the humidity, as I
1: understood. Well, not really. I mean, air conditioners in general, central air conditioners, which is essentially what a heat pump is, Um, are not designed to be dehumidifiers. They do dehumidify by virtue of the fact that they're cooling the air, but they're not as effective as other forms of dehumidifiers. There's a couple of other ones that you could consider, one of which is called a whole home dehumidifier, and that's built into the HVAC system. It would be built into the duct system, and that can take out about 90 pints of water a day. Uh And there's another type of standalone dehumidifier. In fact, I just put one of these in my own house, and I thought it was absolutely terrific. It's by Santa Fe. And it's a small dehumidifier that installs, in my case, I put it in my basement, and actually is suspended from the ceiling in an unfinished part of the basement. And it's only 12 by 12 by 22, Mm -hmm. and it takes out 70 pints of water a day. And it's really neat. Once I had it up for an hour or so, I went down there, and you could just see this pretty strong stream of water dripping out of it. And all that water used to be in the air, and now it's no longer there. So you need to do some dehumidification, and I think that you'll find that that will do the trick, Pat.
3: Okay. Uh, What is the average humidity supposed to be in the house? 30 to 50 percent?
1: Well, yes, i say around 40, so we're in the same neighborhood. Okay. And if you put a good dehumidifier in, that will be set up to a humidistat so that you'll always know what the humidity is.
3: And it'll come on as it's needed.
1: Right, exactly.
3: Okay. All righty. Well, I thank you so much.
1: Good luck, Pat. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT.
3: Bruce, you've got the money
2: pit. How can we help you today?
4: The uh, house I'm in was built in 78. In the past year, year and a half, uh, during the winter, I'm getting this white frost that's coming off the uh, bricks, and I didn't know whether that's something to worry about or not.
1: Well, what it means is you're getting a lot of moisture into the brick, and it's the, the brick's very hydroscopic, so it soaks up water like a sponge. And so if uh, there's a lot of moisture along the outside of it, what will happen is that water will suck through, and then it'll evaporate, and then it leaves behind mineral salts. What you might need to do is to seal the chimney. And you can do that with a masonry sealer. That You want to make sure you pick one that's vapor permeable because it'll breathe, and that will stop so much of the a lot of the moisture from wicking into the brick and, and showing up uh, on the inside of the house.
4: Gotcha. Is there a certain uh, brand or a certain uh, type I should be looking
1: at? Yeah, most of them are silicone-based, and just make sure it says it, it's, uh, that it's vapor permeable and that it breathes. Okay,
4: okay. Well, I'm going to go hit the floor now, then. I'm worried about
1: it. All right, it. yeah. Good luck with that project. Well, we are in what's traditionally the hottest part of the summer, and it's also the most active time of year for many types of insects, including ticks. So it's really important to take steps to make sure ticks don't ruin your summer fun.
2: Yeah, you know, ticks and the Lyme disease that they carry are major threats to your health. So you got to be smart about protecting yourself and your family whenever you're outdoors. Think about it. Always wear some long sleeves. Tuck your pant cuffs into your boots or your socks. Yes, I know it looks old-timey and a little silly, but this is how these ticks love to get on you. And choose light colors. This way you can easily spot those ticks. Then go ahead and layer on insect repellent that's designed to be applied both to your skin and to your clothing.
1: Yeah, and while you're outdoors, make sure you stay to the center of hiking paths and avoid those grassy and marshy areas because ticks don't jump. Instead, what they do is they hang on shrubs and especially tall grass. You know sometimes when you're walking through a trail and you see some like really thin grass that's like leaning over? Well, when you brush by that grass, they jump right onto you. They kind of see you as Velcro. <laughs> you know what I mean. And they have the hooks, and you're the you're the other part of it. And they walk by, they just transfer right to you, and then they try to find the warm parts of your skin, and then they try to dig a little hole in you, and that's really where it gets dangerous. So make sure that when you get back home, you inspect yourself and you inspect your kids for any clinging ticks before bites can happen.
2: Sharon Oregon's on the line with a question about a cast iron tub. What can we do for
3: you today? What you can do for me is is get rid of my fears. I have, okay. a cast iron, <laughs> I have a cast iron tub, and uh, soon after I get out of it and it starts to cool down, I hear this horrible, loud snap. And it may happen mm-hmm. once, twice, or even if I walk into the bathroom before the tub is totally cooled down.
1: Is it a metal sounding snap? Yes. I, I think that's probably oil canning. Basically, as the tub is expanding and contracting, it, uh, it it pops as the, mm-hmm. as the metal expands and contracts, and that's probably what you're hearing. It's unusual with a cast iron tub, though, because those are usually pretty stiff. But that sounds like what you're describing.
3: Very good, and it's not it won't be something that's problematic in the future. I
1: don't think so. I mean, it's usually just an annoyance. Uh, but as long as it doesn't sound like you've got lumber snapping <laughs> or something like that, no, it doesn't sound if like lumber. it's the metal lumber. that's popping like that. Yeah, that's oil can. You remember the old oil cans uh, or oh, the sure. old soda cans that were very very thick metal, and, and if you you sort of pressed your finger in the side, it would make like a pinging sound. That's what that mm-hmm. is. That's what oil canning is.
3: Well, fantastic. I've gotten rid of that fear. I really appreciate it. There you
1: go. It. Okay. Now we've cleaned the slate. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Bye bye.
3: All right.
2: Betty in Alabama posted, when I flush a toilet at the end of the refilling process, all of the pipes in my house knock against each other. How can I fix it?
1: Ah, that is called water hammer, Betty. And what's going on is, think about this, as the water is moving through your pipes on the way to refilling your toilet in this case, and then the toilet turns off because it's already got all the water it needs. All the centrifugal force of that water, the weight of that water going through the pipes, it doesn't want to stop short immediately. It tries to move forward a bit, and as it does that, if the pipes are loose, if they're not secured well to the framing of the house, they're going to shake and bang, and being copper, you're going to hear that throughout the entire place. So first of all, it's rarely a problem. It's kind of an annoyance. Unless it gets really bad, it could shake something loose. But you need to find those loose pipes and secure them better to the structure. It's usually in the floor beams uh, in the basement or in the crawl space. Find the pipes, tighten them up, and that water hammer will go away.
2: Because you know the toilet, Betty? That's one thing that's got to stay part of the plumbing system in your house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's got to work when you need it. <laughs>
2: All the time. <laughs>
1: Well, are messy pets creating a decorating dilemma? Are you afraid that anything you buy is going to be ruined by your well-meaning pooch? Well, Leslie has got some tips to help you get the best of both worlds in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? So
2: first up, you've got to pick up pet-friendly furniture. You want to make sure that the fabric isn't going to be very worn very easily because there's you know woven fabric there that they can grab with their claws or their nails, things like that. You want something that's washable, that's cleanable. You want to make sure that you're not going to have to replace furniture more often because you cannot take care of it in the event of a pet mess. Now, you can protect the furniture that you do have with some pet-proof covers so you don't have to worry about the hair or any stains. Those can be removed and cleaned as needed. Needed. they're available in lots of styles colors fabrics then if you're going to redecorate and change things up you want to be careful there with the fabric you know you can protect what you've got with the covers but the new stuff really look at those swatches I remember when we were getting couch I just kept like dragging my fingernails over every swatch of things some the people were like what are you <laughs> right. doing I'm like I have a dog yeah. I have kids Cat. your dog I want to make your sure. dog checking, dog yeah. checking. <laughs> I'm doing the pet check so you have to yeah. do that kind of stuff look for fabric options that are easier to clean think like denim, canvas Durable synthetics. I mean you can also opt for an outdoor fabric because those are gonna be far more easy to clean, odor resistant, stain resistant. So don't be afraid to look at that outdoor fabric for use indoors, because that's gonna make things a lot better for you. And then if you can, consider adding a pet washing station into your home. This way when you and your doggy head out on a rainy day, I mean, you know to wipe your feet, but the dog knows to jump on the couch and then wipe his feet and muddy body <laughs> all over the upholstery. So if you've got a wiping room, his feet too. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yes, but in the worst place possible. Usually, right. oh my gosh, my boyfriend walked the dog in the rain, in the mud, and Sherman got away from him and then jumped right into bed with me. And it was so <laughs>
4: horrible. I was like, Sherman,
2: nice. no. So you have to think about it. If you had a dog washing station, maybe in the mudroom, that could be a perfect spot to install one of rooms already meant for dirty spaces. The dog washing station really is kind of like a rectangular stall that just your pooch goes in. It's got a spray hose, and then you can clean up that pup immediately. So all good stuff. Don't shy away from having animals in your life. It's so rewarding. But just think about how you can make it easier to enjoy them.
1: And we've got a checklist on how you can do just that. It's called Pet-Friendly Design and Decorating Tips for Your Home. It's on MoneyPit.com. And coming up next time on The Money Pit, when you look up, is the view a bit less than exciting? We're talking decorative ceiling solutions on the next edition of the show. With these ceilings, you can turn your blank and bland ceiling into an architectural showpiece. We'll tell you exactly what you need to know to get that project done on the very next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler.
2: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
1: Remember, you can do it yourself.
2: But you don't have to do it alone.
4: You live in a Money Pit.